unemployed mother of two, dog with nine puppies looking for affordable housing. Why wouldn't they want to? Yeah, welcome to a Big Sur podcast, episode 53. This time we are back in Big Sur. Uh, and very much, very much so, because uh, I am speaking with Clovis Herod, who is soon to be 93, I think, coming up here. And um, we were sitting at her beautiful, beautiful home up on Pfeiffer Ridge, going through, you know, a sampling of stories and places and events in her life. Um we we all, we touched on it several times how sort of ridiculous it is of course in less than 2 hours to sort of encompass somebody's life so that's not what we're doing but it's a fun sampling and clovis certainly is a, a like i said a long long term dear dear neighbor here in big sur i hope you enjoy this thank you rented a house in suburbia i closed the curtains put some music on. Oh, I was unhappy, yes. but I was a loyal wife. You came up here by yourself? With, with both, my kids. Yeah, with your kids. With $40. Yeah. I was just looking for unspoiled nature, beauty. Now, all I have to do is raise my head off my pillow. <laughs> I feel I've been given huge gifts yeah. here in Big Sur. Yeah. When that house burned down, right. Big Sur people wouldn't let me go. Yeah. I was offered so many places to stay. And I thought if I could ever buy any piece of Big Sur, yeah. I would own all of it. That's how I feel. Yeah, yeah. It's all mine. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I was a terrible mother. <laughs> I can't imagine my kids survived me. Uh-huh. And they. It's very seldom in your life that you meet people, you meet someone who is living their dream. Mm. And when you do, you want to hang out near them. That back door would slide open. Lolly would come in all fresh and beautiful. And it would be like, it's not the boss. It's Lolly. Now the party can begin. (laughs) Lolly's here. Yes. Never mind those steaks. We're going to dance. He dragged the cook out and all the waiters. I could, I would tell my customers, you can eat when you get home. Come dance. <laughs> Jack Curtis yep. walked in on his birthday, took a look at all the other people sitting around the birthday table and didn't like any of them. And he says, I'm changing my birthday. And he changed his birthday to the 4th of July. And from then on... There was a 4th of July party at his house. (laughs) Right out that window, that whole mountain was orange, you know. 
Who's that gray-haired old lady having dinner with Kenny Loggins escorted to the door by the law? Why didn't I ask my elders certain things? Why didn't I? Yeah. How they felt yeah. when such and such happened. Right. Yeah. Because feelings are the only, they are handed down generations. Guys. They're so beautiful, these guys. Unbelievable. <laughs> Shit. Fucking dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh. What do you want? Some tea, coffee, water? Um, some water, actually. Maybe we got a little bit good. That's all. So when I drove up now, I, I, I realized... You, you, how long have you been on Pfeiffer? I think in, I think in, I think I actually moved here in 70. Huh? Camped out. You know? Camped out first. I just camped out here. I don't uh, have a house. Right, right. Oh, oh, right on this spot? Yeah. All that time? Huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Are we huh. recording? Yeah. Well, it was, I was in Oregon with Bruce, uh -huh. Bruce Harris. Yep. And uh, I want to come home so bad. Yeah. Uh -huh. Back here. <laughs> and uh, we were buying fixer-uppers in Oregon. Uh -huh. I thought we were going to stay one summer, fix up some old Victorian <laughs> and... Uh, Dig clams and uh -huh. come back, come back home. Yeah, got stuck there for three years because we we started buying fixer uppers. They were giving them away. Houses, <laughs> a depressed area, yeah. Astoria uh -huh. and Seaside, Oregon. Uh -huh. uh, the canning mills were down. The fish weren't running. The plywood mills had closed. The whole yeah. town was just dead. And we, we got greedy, I guess. Yeah. We, we bought these places for peanuts yeah. and fixed them up and selling them, thing, hoping I would make enough money to build this house that we're sitting in now. Right. I had a nightmare one night that we'd bought the entire town and all the refrigerators were dirty. <laughs> 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 I woke up and I laid there and I counted. And I, when Bruce woke up, I said, "You know, we own 19 refrigerators. Right. I'm going back to Big Sur, hang my food in a gunny sack in the tree." <laughs> <laughs> Was what, so? Did 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 Bruce um, did Bruce feel the same way? Did he want to come home too? No. no. Oh no, no. What was Bruce's home? If you had asked Big Sur is home. That's what I thought, for, for Bruce as well. Yes, it was, yeah, but yeah. he wasn't attached like... Like you were. I am. Yeah, oh, yeah. I've always been. Right. And where... where, <laughs> so, uh, where, where uh, Clovis? Clovis, that's you. 
Ja. Ja. And where did Clovis come from originally? Oh. I mean, where did you where were you born? Oh, where I was born? Yeah. Oh. I was born on a farm mm-hmm. in Missouri. Uh-huh. Okay. It was kind of fun yeah. to remember what my mother has told me. I was born on a full solar eclipse during the eclipse. That's got to be important somehow. I don't know what good it's going to do me, but at any rate, that was what I'm, And my mom was mad because she'd set my dad off to find someone to help her with the birthing, a doctor, hopefully, yeah. she thought. And he came back, and I was delivered. Oh, I have to interject. Uh-huh. My, my birth certificate, my name is spelled wrong. Okay. <laughs> because the man who delivered me was a drunken veterinarian. Okay. He didn't spell my name right or my birth certificate. So that was my beginning. <laughs> How did the veterinarian get there, do you know? Oh, my dad went and got him. Okay. Yeah, this is a doctor. Better than nothing. Doctor <laughs> horses and pigs. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I think that's fine. So that's uh-huh. where I was born in Missouri. So any, do you, did, were there siblings before you? No, I had huh? two brothers older than I, uh-huh. born in California. Uh-huh. My... Um, the depression hit, and my dad said all those people were coming to California. The Dust Bowl was happening and all that. Yeah. He said there's a lot of nice little farms for sale back there now. And so he went the opposite way. <laughs> right. Bought a little farm, stayed seven years, rode out the depression, and that's where I was born. Was he, was he, uh, your dad, was he a farmer? I mean, he was born to be a farmer, okay. but he didn't want to be a farmer. Right. right. He, he was a bit of an artist. Uh-huh. And, and yet, in the Depression, of course, you, he knew you how to beggars farm. couldn't be choosers. You had to do no. what you had to do, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I was only there three years. And I remember, I, I have a, a very early memory. Yeah. It almost frightened my mother when I told her about it, and I asked her about it. On the farm, my first argument with my mother, <laughs> I was about nine, years, nine months old. A vivid memory of it. She had a riding horse, and I wanted to ride behind the saddle like my big brothers did with her. But of course, I was just a baby. And so she held me in front of her. And I was fussing. (laughs) Couldn't talk yet much. No, 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 maybe or something. My first heart. (laughs) But I vividly remembered that. My mother said you were uh, about nine months old when her horse was stolen, never, Uh. never had another one. So So three, only three years there. So three years on the farm, uh-huh. and then uh, came back to California. And my my dad, I like to say my dad worked very hard all of his life to keep us poor. Uh-huh. He he wanted a simple life. Uh-huh. Simple. Was he simple? Did he want a simple life in the same way? 
that then the sort of hippie people wanted simple lives. Yes. In a similar way. Similar, very okay. similar. Okay. And... <laughs> Like Scott Scott Nearing, that kind of back to nature type thing. Um, you see the painting there that was a mountain. That's his style. Ah, okay. Just yep. simple. Yeah, yeah. He called himself a piss poor painter. Okay. <laughs> was, he, was he a church going man? No, 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 no. So what you, happened? Where did you come to in California then? At, at Southern the, California. Okay. Long Beach. Okay. And he um, kept you poor in Long Beach. Well, not really poor, no. but yeah. We bought a two-acre piece of property near Claremont, uh -huh. California, which is a college town. Uh -huh. And so, and built our house, a stone house. There, everything was rocks, and. Everyone built their houses out of these rocks that were available on property. Yeah. And it's still there. I went to wow. I went to see it uh, wow. a couple of years ago. Wow. And uh, were your brothers old enough to help out? No. No. They were still no. kids. <laughs> no. But my dad worked in a little uh, a little factory and mm -hmm. that was okay for him. Yeah. It was good enough. Yeah. <laughs> Wanted to keep us simple. Poor. <laughs> yeah. All that while the, uh, I know back on the farm he was born on, which he still owned a portion of, there were oil wells all the way on all four sides Whoa. of this farm. And he would not let anyone drill for oil. On his land. He said, it might just be a lot of trouble. <laughs> I think he meant my mother. Who had aspirations. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and by the time uh -huh. my father died, the oil had all been pumped, pumped out. out of oh, it. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, did your mom, did your mother work or was she, was she no, a housewife? She, no, she was housewife. Yeah. And I was, a, I was a teenager when she was thinking about a divorce, uh, getting becoming independent. Yeah, yeah. So she secretly took driving lessons, <laughs> and there was a theater restaurant near us, and they had asked my mother to bake pies for them. They would deliver the ingredients and pay her 50 cents a pie. And so I know that my mother baked a thousand pies because she spent five hundred dollars buying a, a Model A coupe <laughs> and left and left my dad. <laughs> that was her road to independence. <laughs> thousand pies. <laughs> oh, wow, amazing! That's fun. Yeah. So if if you think back on the time between like six years old and ten. So, or 12, that kind of middle mm -hmm. school, early early school age mm -hmm. in there where you lived. What would be sort of your fondest memories, if you can pop some up in your head, about that time in your life? Riding horses, uh, saving up whatever little allowance or money I had, mm -hmm. or pleading with my dad for a couple of dollars to rent a stable horse. Uh -huh. And 
But I was older than that when I I did get a horse. Uh huh. Uh huh. Down there in Southern there, California. Uh, yeah. yeah. We lived in the citrus area. Uh -huh. Yep. Orange, surrounded by orange groves. Uh huh. And. Did you ever go hiking underneath trees and hide in little secret places in the in the orange groves? Oh, sure. Groves? We had our favorite oranges. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> favorite trees. Yeah. I didn't know people bought oranges. I thought <laughs> oranges were free. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I saw across the way um, a horse in a corral, no house. And I just so wanted to go there and yeah. Yeah. pet the horse. I, oh, I was very, very shy. Really shy. At school as well? Scared to go and ask a stranger if I could pet his horse, right. see? Right. <clears throat> so I got my nerve up. By then, though, I was probably 11 or 12, mm -hmm. and this man said, oh, you're Lloyd Harrod's daughter, aren't you? He said, I've been thinking about you. I could use some help here picking flowers. He grew flowers commercially. Mm -hmm. Uh, on weekends or after school. And uh, long story short, he gave me the horse. Wow. <laughs> and when you came home and told your mom and dad Oh my! That? No, I just rode her home. I ne never had a saddle for her. Okay, yeah. And my mother said, now what do you think you're going to do with that, says my mother. <laughs> But she did love horses. Oh, good. I said, I'll just put her in the backyard. She'll be fine. <laughs> and she was. <laughs> and, and you had to, of course, feed that horse. Well, I yeah. had to work off mm -hmm. the mountain of bales of hay right. the man had. Right. And I picked sweet peas first mm -hmm. for five cents a bunch. Uh -huh. <laughs> that was my first job. Oh, wow. Pretty, uh -huh. <laughs> Pretty good. So, what what kind of room? But, what kind of? I know this sounds like a detail, but I still want to get some sort of childhood. Younger. Uh, what about your room at your house? Did you have your own room, or did no. you share it with your brothers? No. no, my my dad had bought this two acres, and it had a couple of outbuildings on it. No real house. So we're building a house. So I've lived in construction almost all my life, <laughs> including my own. <laughs> and um, we're all in one room. Um, my mother had me sleeping with her. My parents had four children, and yet my mother was very cold. I never, ever saw my parents touch even. Right. My mother had me sleeping with her. I didn't realize till I was an adult that I was a buffer. Oh, right. Yeah. Like a little, yeah, yeah. buffer. Keep dad away from her. <laughs> Clever woman. <laughs> so, yeah. but I had fun. Yeah. My brothers were both older than me, one two years older, the other one five years older. And they were really close. And they would didn't like me tagging along. Right. You know. Right, right. <laughs> If they were playing war games, they would let me be a dead soldier. <laughs> right. But we were in the country. We had <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> I played with lizards. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. I could get a long piece of grass and make a slip knot in one end. Yeah. And 
catch it. Wow. I probably could still do that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I want to. (laughs) And then I would make a harness for it out of string Mm -hmm. and pin it on my shoulder and pretend I was a very wealthy lady, elegant, with my silver brooch, my pin. While he was still alive, you mean? Uh, While he was alive, he would wander around on my shoulder. (laughs) And then at the end of the day, I would take the strings off of him and let him go. go. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I played. Wow, wow. So, played in nature. Yeah, yeah. Played in the dirt. So how how far did you have to go to school? A school bus, had to go on a bus. Uh And then high school happens. I stayed in the same school Uh from kindergarten till graduation from high school. Wow. I had a very unusual group in Claremont High School. This was a college town, five yeah. colleges in yeah. that. Yeah. And so even though I was raised kind of poor or in poverty, I had a lot of culture I was exposed to. Yeah. We'd go, go to concerts and... and uh, the sports there, I loved watching the sports and different activities, yeah. theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was there at the college. Did you feel did you feel insecure about being poor? Now that's a good question. I sometimes did. I was embarrassed to invite my girlfriends to my house for like summer parties, overnighters or something. Because the area that we were building our little house in was pretty wealthy, mm-hmm. uh, upscale. Mm-hmm. Uh, citrus grove owners, right. mostly. Yeah. And some of my girlfriends uh, had servants. Right. I learned to behave, <laughs> use the proper silverware. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But... Um, But you felt the class difference, in a sense, or? Um, some. I, I, was a, I was a loner from a very early age, six years, seven years old in elementary school. This was during, you're too young to know about this, but there was a war called the Second World War. And we were, we were told to march on the sidewalk to escape because the Germans or the Japanese are invading or something mm-hmm. that they're bombing yeah. uh, practice. Right. And we would, I would obediently be so shy that I was very obedient and march appropriately along the sidewalk to some destination. And I knew which row of orange trees I would ditch down if this were real. I knew that my only survival would be alone, being by myself. And that was probably by the age of seven. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I was a bit of a loner, and, and my, my dad said once about that age, you're a very strong person. I hope it doesn't make you cold. Right. And I think he meant like his wife. <laughs> right, 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 right. <gasps> but I, it made me wonder, why does he say that? 
what would ever happen that I couldn't handle? Mm -hmm. What if my mother and father died? Mm, no big deal. Mm -hmm. I could have, even at that age, I knew I could handle it. Mm -hmm. But God forbid anything ever happened to my little sister. Right. She was mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she was the first person I knew that died. Uh, so that she was, was the first of the, of the As of the an adult. Uh -huh. She was 23. Oh, dear. Ouch. Uh, died in Carmel, in a hospital, oh, out here, cancer. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Sorry. Lolly took care of her at Nepenthe. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Are you still in touch with anyone from the graduation class? Down there? No. No. I think they're all dead. Right, Bunch of quitters. So. <laughs> right, right. I mean, you right. know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm no. going to be 93 in April. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think they're all. I did get a card a couple of years ago from one of my buddies. Yeah. And she, she said, Are you dead? <laughs> I had to answer it, of course. <laughs> so I guess maybe she's still alive. So, um, uh, you know, I, uh, another thing I thought of when I drove over here is the word condolences, you know, because I, I felt like saying my condolences because, of course, I've already done that, but not in person with uh -huh. you regarding... regarding Greedy. Uh, yeah. yeah. And and because uh, it's not that long ago. A year ago. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 He died right over there. We had those two French doors wide open yeah. all the time he was here. It happened to be warm nights. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. It was just one of those... It was like we set up a, a dying nest. Uh -huh. We took the TV away. Yeah. We took, put all of his computers and everything were gone out yeah. of sight. Yeah. And he, this is where he chose to be and wanted oh. to be. He gave up the tubes. Uh -huh. On purpose. On purpose. Yes. And came here. And there were five of us with him. Uh -huh. That was and physically he was okay as far as he pain. says from here down. Yeah, putting his hand on his neck. Yeah, from here down, my body shot, and his mind was totally clear. Yeah. he knew he was dying. Yeah. he was ready to do that, yeah. but he called it graduating. Graduating. So when you graduate, you go off into some unknown <laughs> next adventure. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So granddaughter Helen went and got her red graduation cap uh -huh. out of storage, uh -huh. and he was wearing that. Oh, <laughs> oh my. Oh. And we had just the best, best conversations in the middle of the night. Yeah, because you were, of course, here I would with get him. up and, you want a cup of tea? Right. Yeah. yeah, and we would sit here and... Wow. Does it make you feel easier about your own mortality? Oh yeah, I've, I've not had a problem with that. I've done some hospice work, you know, yeah. and I highly recommend it to people yeah. who are afraid of their own death. Right. Get used to it, it's yeah. part of life, kids. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. yeah. Um. I just I advised Kenny Loggins to do that recently because I'd, I had dinner with him and he asked, we were talking about Esalen and the different trips down there that I went through, and yeah. and I said, well, what about you, Kenny? Do you have any fears? What's your what's your fear? And no hesitation. He says, oh, dying. Yeah. And I said, you know, you're getting ready to retire. It might be good for you to 
do a little time, you have this uh, skill. Uh, you could just sit outside the door and play your guitar. Yeah. Hook up with some hospice gang. I highly advise it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll check on him. <laughs> you think he took it to heart? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah oh, yeah. yeah. He's got this next, this year now, he's doing his last touring. Yeah. He's 71 years old, and yeah, then yeah, he yeah. claims he will retire. So we're, we're, you're, we're finished with high school down south, and and I'm just you know obviously curious as to what happens, where when does this place, oh when does it happen in your life that you see this? Oh well, I married quite young. Uh -huh. My boyfriend of two or three years and I were. Only 19 when uh -huh. we both got married uh -huh. to each other. So you were much hotter than your mom. Higher? Hotter. H hotter? <laughs> yes. I, well, I wanted sex, <laughs> sure. <laughs> she asked me at some point, uh, what do you know about sex or birds and bees? I think she called it. Couldn't yeah. say the word, you know. And I said, quite a bit, and that's, that was the end of the conversation. Right. That was my instructions Classic. from my mother. Yeah. <laughs> so married at 19, mm -hmm. two children, mm -hmm. soon after, only a year after we were married, and my uh, boyfriend, who became my husband, was the hottest hot rod builder in Southern California. We're in our area, Pomona, Claremont, all that area. Sometimes one of the cops would come to our house and say, let's go out to the drag strip. He wanted to put the police cars up against the hottest hot rods. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty funny. That's, yeah. But we were backpackers, uh, mountain climbers in uh, Southern California, yeah. trying to find nature out there, unspoiled nature. And we bought a house, uh, hand-built, uh, owner-built, and we had very little money for down payment. We were so green and ignorant of how you go about this. A tiny little two-bedroom house. And the builder of it said, interviewing us, didn't ask for our uh, financial credentials at all said, do you like to hike? And we said, well, yeah, that's what we do. And so he sold us the house. He would build little houses around himself, sell them only to people who like to hike. So we had like a little club. Oh, wow. Where was this, near Claremont? Southern California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That actually was in near San Bernardino, uh -huh. deserty. And... So every weekend, our whole neighborhood would go together someplace that they would choose for us. Wow. Went spelunking in the desert and I don't know what all. We were going to call him Mount Whitney. Mm -hmm. And there was an early uh, snow blizzard there and we couldn't do it. And they said, we're going to drive up the coast instead, visit our cousins if you want to ride along. I was not happy. I didn't. I'd been, after a pregnancy, training to get in shape to climb Mount Whitney. Right. I didn't want to go for a ride in the car. <laughs> Sit in the car all day, yeah. And that's how I got to Big Sur, uh -huh. 
came here. How did both kids are then born? Yes, mm -hmm. two children. Yep. The youngest one, uh, just months old, yeah, yep. a girl and a boy. Mm -hmm. Their cousins were the Morgan Ralphs. Who's, what's your husband's name? The cousins yeah. of, were the Morgan Rass of the uh, people that we were buying our house from that drove us to Big Sur. Ah, okay. Wow. And wow. they told us where we could stay at Crinkle Corners. And... <laughs> wow. So you had a, a complete inn when you came. Yes. Yes. Okay. And we kept coming back. Uh-huh. Crinkle Corners. Every weekend, we wow. were driving from Southern California back up here. Yes, yes. And uh, they introduced us to Murphy's uh, Hot Springs. What uh, year are we talking about now? What? What year is this? 1955. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, Slate's Hot Springs. Yeah. Yeah. A friend of the Morgan Ross was leasing it, and he was a total failure. And he had Tom Sawyer. Did you ever meet Tom Sawyer? Think, His real name. Yes, yes, I think I did. He'd moved to town by the time you came, I think. Maybe, maybe. He was, I've heard a lot about he him. He was the caretaker. Yeah, yeah. They uh, introduced us to this man who had failed at managing the hot springs. There were a few little cabins to rent out. Who was he? All I remember was his first no. name was Ed. I do Ed, not remember Ed. his last name. He died in the ocean. He mm -hmm. drowned. Mm -hmm. But he said, you know, I owe $500 back uh, payments for the electric bill. If you want to pay that electric bill, I'll sign the lease over to you. For $500, my young husband and I could have had what is now Esalen. Oh. <laughs> we would come up on weekends. Uh, we'd come up 101, uh, go into Seaside where he had a radio repair shop, get the keys, drive down the coast, open it up, build a fire. There's no electricity. Yeah. And we'd clean one of the cabins maybe. And then once in a while, some European would come in to take the waters. And we'd collect some rent from them and... We'd give it to Ed on our way back afterwards. We'd wash the dog in one tub and do our laundry in another. Did you, did you? <laughs> but hard to imagine. Oh, did, did, you, did you know, did you feel inside of yourself that, I mean, this is kind of a silly question in a way, but I still want to ask it. Did you know, or how did you, sort of relate to the fact that you are, in my opinion, hanging out, in many, many people's opinion, you are there all by yourselves in one of the most remarkable, magical spots on earth. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Did you know that? No. No. <laughs> no. Just... I didn't realize for many years after being here in Big Sur that... That past life of mountain climbing, hiking with my first husband, I wasn't eager to reach the peak to say I had done it, I'd made it. I was just looking for unspoiled nature, beauty. Now, all I have to do is raise my head off my pillow 
Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there. Yeah. When I saw this place, I was home. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Never want to leave. When you say this place, you mean Big, Big Sur? Sur? Yeah. Big Sur. Right. All of right. Big Sur. All of Big Sur. Yeah. 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 What was your husband's name? My husband was Dick Reppy. Reppy. So did you? So you had? Did you take his name that, at that time, or did you go? Oh yes, we yeah. were married. Yes. We, we, right. So that's how those are the early people that met you in Big Sur. They'll remember you as Clovis Reppy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And my kid, Dana went to school. Uh, Dana, you interviewed yep. this week. Yeah. She went to school with my daughter. Yeah. At the that sign over there, the Powell Colorado yeah. School. Yeah. Is uh, that the actual sign? Oh yes. That's beautiful. when they closed the school. My oh. kids stole the sign. I didn't know it at the I'm time. I'm so glad they did. And they said they would give it back if they ever opened their school again. Yeah, but they never did. It, to me, it's a little work of art. It is. Did somebody must have restored it? No. Is it untouched? We t we took good care of it. Once wow. I knew that we had it. Because <laughs> when somebody's listening to this, they don't know what we're looking at. But we're looking at a, a, a nine foot long about little less than a foot tall, wooden carved sign that says Paulo Colorado School. Is that beautiful? It is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. But, but so back to, back to that, this is so remarkable. You're there at SLN, and then you say that you go to Crankle Corners because you have some kind of connection there in the early days. Talk yes. about that a little more. All right. Uh, Helen and... Her husband, Selig, yep. that I knew of as Jack at that time, met him, his name. Only when he started working at Esalen did he revert to Selig. Selig, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, you, just the what, fact that you knew them, somehow the family ties, you ended up... Staying, falling oh, in it's love. Crinkle. Oh, yeah. they knew someone who did they own? They couldn't have owned it. They rented one of the shacks at Crinkle Corners, mm -hmm. and it was available for visitors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're friends. Yeah. No lock on the door. Right. So close to the highway. Yeah. A note on the door saying, "Welcome." If you use anything, try to replace it with something. Whoa. So meaning food, you yes. know, canned goods yes. and yes. olive oil or whatever. Yeah. And that's where I we first slept and what stayed a there. Thing. And the Morgan Rass took us in and and actually um, did 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 Jack and Helen live at Crankle Corners then? No. No. Not then. They no. lived at Livermore Ledge. Yes, okay. The state owned it by then. Yeah. They knew the Livermores, uh -huh. and they asked the state uh, in their will that to make sure the Morgan Russ could always be the caretakers there. Okay. Wow. Two properties. Yeah. And they let us stay in oh, when we gave up Southern California and came here. Mm -hmm. That was, in fact... The people that built our little house, the hiker gang, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they said, look, you guys, you're going up there all the time, every weekend. 
you guys should just give it up and move up there and go for it. We'll buy the house back. Uh -huh. And they bought it back full price. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we gave away our furniture uh -huh. and came here and with two little kids. Yeah, yeah. No. And at that time, what did you think that you were going to be able to do up here to finance? I didn't think. I was just going to be here. Neither of is, you did. This is, I had no idea. And your husband didn't think that either? Well, he did not feel as comfortable here as me. Uh -huh. right. And we stayed a year. Um, Morgan Russ would let someone stay in that little shack at Crinkle Corners for two or three nights. Uh -huh. We stayed for three months, pulled all the weeds, and <laughs> worked it off. <laughs> I love that little place. Yeah. Did you have and beach the, access there? Could you go down fishing? No, but no. there's a hot springs on the cliff. Right. right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And, and so we stayed in Big Sur a year, and my husband, Dick, wanted the corporate world. He wanted the security. Mm. Back we went to Southern California, rented a house in suburbia. Mm. I closed the curtains, put some music on. Oh, I was unhappy, yes. but I was a loyal wife. And the children also had to be... Moved the... back and forth, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So... I was not a very happy camper. I was away from home. Yeah. I'd found where I needed to be. Right. And lucky for me, my husband, who was very conservative and straight-laced, mm -hmm. had a fling with my friend across the street. I, that does it. I'm going back to Big Sur. Throw the kids in the back seat. <laughs> Right, okay. That was kind of a blessing in disguise, you mean. Oh, she came up here to big sort of apologize to me, and I said, oh, no, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, well, well, so that wasn't quite fair to him. No. I should have apologized for that one. So here Where did I was. you go? Where did you go then? When well, you had broke up, you came up here by yourself. With, with my kids. Yeah, with your kids. With $40. Yeah, that was right. my weekly allotment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. my sister, my younger sister, mm -hmm. was living with Peter Melchior, uh -huh. who became a well-established rolfer. He had his own, uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. His own uh, group, you know, Business. I think in Boulder uh -huh. later. Yeah. But he was working at Nepenthe, mm -hmm. and they were, he and my sister were living in staff housing at Nepenthe. Mm -hmm. So we pulled in there, slept on the floor. I'd get my kids down at night and walk up to the restaurant and watch the people dancing. I would sit in the shadows, not wanting to be noticed. And Bill Fassett came to me one evening, and he said, I need to fire my Greek waiter. <laughs> Would you help out for the weekend? Huh? That was the time of the Life magazine had the come out. 1959. 59, okay. Yeah, yeah. I had never really spent any time in a bar. My young husband and I didn't drink. 
I had no idea there was more than two colors of wine. <laughs> Everyone laughed at me sure. and had such a good time. They threw money at me, tips. <laughs> and every people were coming from all over the world then, standing crowded at Nepenthe. And I helped out for the weekend. It turned into 15 years. Yeah, amazing. That place saved my oh, life. God, what kind of what kind of guests? You know, in 1959, you're there, and uh, the 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 boss man Bill comes up to you. You had already you already knew, of course, who that was, and you had some f sense of this beautiful place, and you started working there. Do you remember? The guests, who were they? Were they guests that came back, or were they all tourists? Well, many of them were local. Locals, yeah. Local um, Carmel Monterey, mm -hmm. who would come regularly, yeah. and they would come and... Uh, um, they would know your name. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was one, uh, one of them would call, saying, we're coming down, and we want Clovis to wait on us, mm -hmm. because I would open their wines when they called, right. so they'd be breathing before they got there, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. You, got, you had your regulars. But we had many, many celebrities, mm -hmm. a lot of photographs. Of course, remember, this, yeah, the Sandpiper. That was filmed there. Right. Part of it. Part of it, yes. Part of it. They rebuilt Nepenthe in... Europe, somewhere. Southern France, I think, yes. Was it France? Yeah, I think mm -hmm. so, yeah. Like a yeah. Set, set that looked like the Pente. Well, there was um, my best friend then, Helen Weston, and she was Welsh. Mm -hmm. I was born in Wales and could speak a few words of Welsh. She um, waited on Richard Burton and, <laughs> and, and Elizabeth Taylor. And she spoke a little Welsh to Richard, and so he requested only Helen wait on them every day. <laughs> Bill didn't like that because it's her day off. She, he had to pay her to come in anyway. <laughs> and she would make Welsh cookies and goodies. Her her cheese pies beat anyone else's anywhere right, right. <laughs> kind of thing. Elizabeth Taylor was eating cottage cheese and lettuce. Uh -huh. <laughs> Not happy about that. Because where, where, were you, uh, where were you staying then? Where did you live? At, Steph, at, at, at Nepenthe? Well, we've kind of skipped a year there. Yes, um, a few years. Yeah, my, yeah. yeah a few. Mm -hmm. I had rented a beautiful house at Buck Creek. And it burned to the ground, mm. and it was in the winter. It was actually I was making a grade B movie. It sounds like <laughs> I. It was January the first, nineteen sixty, a new New Year's Day, a new decade. I lost everything I owned in this house burning to the, that I was renting. Wow. The owner came up here and brought me, gave me my rent back and took me to dinner. And It was a faulty furnace wow. in it. Yeah. And 
So your my, belongings, your children's belongings. Everything, everything, everything yeah. yeah. The clothes I had on were raggedy ass old things. I couldn't possibly go to, well, we weren't working because that was the day, the era that many people have probably told you about, that the restaurants, most of them were closed in the winter. Nepenthe yeah. was closed. Sure. We had no work. Right. And later thought, if I were to have to put an ad out, a single unemployed mother of two, dog with nine puppies looking for affordable housing, why, wouldn't they want to snap that one up? <laughs> well, it was a stormy, stormy night a week later. I was staying up at the Blumenau line with friends. Pouring, Big Sur winter, just crashing. Uh, my friend who lived there, Udi, says, help me get these cars all down to the highway before they, they become, it becomes undrivable, the right. muddy, <laughs> muddy driveway going up the mountain. So we moved all the cars down and hiked back up got cozy, built a fire in the fireplace, and he was making popcorn and hot chocolate for my children, and we're in for a storm now, and I, I have no place to live. He just invited me to crash there for the night, and up the road comes headlights. What? Who in the world can drive? No four-wheel drive, an old white Ford station wagon. Helen Weston with her four kids, in the car. Came up. She knew the guy that, Udi, that was renting there. And she had a house to rent. She says, I hear you're looking for a place. And how do you feel about Cole Weston? I said, well, I don't feel anything about him. What do you mean? I said, he's a good tango dancer. Because you've seen him at the pantheon. I said, I've seen you barefoot doing the tango with him. You're a good dancer, I know that. <laughs> but why do you ask that, how I feel? And she says, every time I rent this house to a single woman, my husband has an affair with her, <laughs> which was true. So they were getting a divorce. Uh -huh. So I moved to the trout farm up uh -huh. by Garapada. Yes. And Helen became my dearest friend. Yep. When we arrived, she had made up three beds out of whatever extra bedding she could scavenge, mm -hmm. laid the breakfast table for three with a bouquet of flowers. The fire was laid with a book of matches. <laughs> and I was just felt so oh, cared course. for. Yes, yes. Cared for after wow. having lost. Oh. Everything. This is what I have left from my former life, That's, from the fire. Yeah. I'm sorry you don't hear Can't speaker. It. It's a it's a bra <laughs> it's a bracelet. Coins were found. Coins in the in the ashes, and I, oh. Helen and I made bracelets out of them. I see. I wow. said this is remind. So you and Helen Weston did that back then. Yes. Wow. 1960. Right. And this reminds me of the unimportance of material possessions. Uh -huh. My children weren't hurt. Right. Eve Miller loved causes. Uh -huh. She drove up and down Partington Ridge and everywhere. 
warning people. I'm, I'll be back tomorrow. I want donations for Clovis, bedding, clothes, whatever, and I want it in good condition. <laughs> so when the restaurant opened again in the spring, I remember I was wearing a Tirza Roosevelt breakfast gown <laughs> with Henry Miller's Loden Green knee socks. <laughs> <laughs> so no matter what happens, there's some humor in it. Of course. You know. <laughs> well, so the crew at Nepenthe at the time in 1960 then, who were they? Do oh, my God, I don't remember names. No, but, it's um, hard, yeah. <laughs> well, Harry Dick Ross was one of the bar bartenders, and mm -hmm. Shively was one. Mm -hmm. and, um, oh, Harry Dick, oh, yeah, Harry Dick was a bartender there. Huh? Harry Dick was a bartender, uh -huh. yeah. Occasionally. Okay. And he'd just fill in sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, um, George Lopes and uh -huh. his wife Dottie cooked there. Uh -huh. That was Willie's parents. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Willie started working, I think she was 11 when she started working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What a place, well, Nepenthe. Yeah. But people came from all over the world. They're, gonna, they're going to uh, the United States this year from Europe, and uh, yeah. we're going to go to that restaurant that they saw pictures of in Life magazine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was crazy. Yeah. It has been kind of crazy ever since. Yeah, but there's no dancing no. in the daytime. No. The folk dancing. They were dancing at, in the daytime. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh -huh. All the time. Yeah. And then, and so, and of course, not that, not as many people as there are now. No. No. And it was kind of an upscale situation, but still with locals. How would you locals say? Locals did come yeah. to Nepenthe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was there last week. Yeah. For lunch. Oh, good. <laughs> Celia. Yeah, right. Celia's uh, right. birthday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. Wow, it's so a amazing. special place. Yes, Nepenthe. Remarkable. Do you remember? Um, you were you arrived in Big Sur when it had already been built. So because '55 is when you first came. When who came? When you came for the when first I time. When I came, yeah. yes. Yeah. Henry Miller was already here. Yes. Yep. And and Helen Morgan, the Morganraths were here. They yeah, came when, in forty eight. When you moved to um, to the Trout Farm, mm -hmm. did 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 part of the Morganrath family live nearby? Yes, yeah. Helen left Jack. Yeah, sailing. Right, and she rented the old Patterson house, which is on the east side of the highway. Now, uh, you can't see the house very much. They've planted cypress trees all along. Mm -hmm. um, we've lived in similar neighborhoods many times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I rented a shack uh, near Rocky Creek. Yeah, yeah. And that's when I met my future husband, Bruce. Right. And... And he's, he was a builder, and he said, you know, if you could get a lease on this little shack, I could fix it up. You know, I wouldn't mind putting some money and energy into this place. Yeah, yeah. It was really a rickety old <laughs> place, you know. Yeah. 
and I couldn't get a lease on it because it was a portion, it was a part of a 400 acre property, the Smith family, and it was for sale. That was in 1960 when I moved into that. It's still for sale. It was a big, it was a big Catholic family, and whenever anyone would offer them something for it, they couldn't agree. Right. So I paid them. rent for 23 years yeah. in that little shack. Yeah. 30 days at a time, and <laughs> no lease, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it was for sale. I, Laurie Smith, who helps out with the food and wine thing here now, yeah. she married into the family, and when she got a divorce, she asked for to have part ownership of the ranch. Mm-hmm. Smart move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So Bruce, you'd met Bruce. Yeah. And you guys became solid couple. Fifteen years right, with him. Right. Yeah. And you moved in he moved you moved in with each other. We what? You moved in with each other. Oh of yes, course. he moved into my shack. Ah, he even did. though he owned several up Palacarlo Canyon. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember being, I think I even met Her, Bruce Harris is, yeah. back in the 80s at one of those places up in Palo, Colorado. Because he went out with Elizabeth Leeper. Yes. Right, right. Yes, that, so was, very... that was his second wife. Yeah. Did they marry? Yes. Okay. In fact, when I met Bruce, part of it had to do with his boat. Mm-hmm. And I... I was really intrigued, and I would like to, I'd like to go sailing someday, you know. And he, he was kind of Bruce was kind of over it uh-huh. when I met him. Over the sailing. Yes. Yeah. And and he um, had to sell the boat because half of it belonged to his ex-wife, Liz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Liz Leeper. Yes. Or Liz, Liz Godby or Liz whatever she was later. But, Leeper, I think. Yeah. yeah, but she married Ed Leeper, right? Yeah, right. yeah. But she was Elizabeth, I mean, Liz, Elizabeth Godby, because her first husband was, of course, the so father you, of Dana and Kira. See, since you interviewed Dana yeah. uh, here, we're almost related. Right, uh, <laughs> exactly. Her stepfather was my, yeah. became my husband. Right, right, right. We laugh about that. So yeah. that boat was, what was she, that boat? What was it? The, what that boat, what, what was that boat? I think I've been on board. I, I don't have a picture of it or anything. It was a 50-foot, I think it was a schooner. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. So the, four, the foremast was a little shorter than the, than uh-huh. the aft mast, uh-huh. yeah? Yeah. 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 So did you ever go sailing with it? I sailed on that boat to San Francisco, is all. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But now I need to divert a little bit, which will lead back into that. Yeah. With my son, Richard, my oldest son, was 10 years old when I gave him a copy of Contiki, a children's version, right? Yeah. <laughs> Have I told you that no, story? No, no, no. He immediately started building a raft <laughs> of, of old rotten timbers he found in the canyon and pieces of rope tied together. <laughs> I think he found a propeller, and that was to be the anchor. <laughs> and 
I let him, we launched it in the Big Sur River in, a, oh. in the winter, and when it was really running, right. <laughs> I was a terrible mother. <laughs> I can't imagine my kids survived me. Uh-huh. And they, but I came home from work one night, and on the counter, this one, mm-hmm. which I'll tell you about yeah. if you want, yeah. was a note from him, a little children's capital letter printing, Dear Mommy, if you would be buy me a hundred nails this size, like this picture of a nail, <laughs> I guess to show me the size, yeah. I will take you to Tahiti. Thirty years later, I'm helping his wife stock their boat for Tahiti. Wow! I said, "Now, Richard, remember those nails I bought you?" <laughs> But he's had a boat ever since, ever wow. since, still has one. Wow. Where did they take off from, Richard and his Monterey. wife? From Monterey. Monterey what yeah. year was that? What? What year approximately? Oh, what year did he go? Let's see, Lauren, their daughter, was 14, and she must be 35 now. Mm-hmm. So it's long ago. She, they took their daughter, 14-year-old daughter. Uh-huh, right. She aced all of her classes online. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, they were gone a year. Okay, full year. But this is like in the nineties. Must have been. I'm just, yeah, okay. I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know, I sailed so, out. I sailed out there, and I was wondering if I may have sailed at the same time that they were. Wonder. But, but I was much oh. earlier. But that's a great the, story. Did did he did he did Richard oh. tell you that? Yeah, Mom, come on board. Let's go. Oh, he kind of thought it would be a good joke. And yeah, he yeah. said, you could at least fly down, Mom. And I said, <laughs> right, right. it's too hot for me. I'm not going. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, what I was going to tell you was that I taught him then, when he's getting the boat ready to sail to Tahiti, he said he was so busy getting it ready, he had to go at a certain season, certain time, you know. Down the coast, Mexico, and across. He said, everybody's coming and helping me, and and I don't have time or the money to pay them back anyway, take them out to dinner even, or anything. I don't. He was feeling kind of bad about that. One, one friend flew in from Georgia, got, climbed down in the bilges, looked at the diesel engine, Rented a car, went up to San Francisco or Oakland somewhere and bought parts, came back and rebuilt it, yeah. <laughs> flew back home. And I said, Richard, I learned something from this movie crew, the flight uh, gang that made an extremely low-budget film in Big Sur mm-hmm. back in the 60s. Two of the men were professionals. And they were here giving up a good wage to help with this guy, this kid's dream, mm-hmm. filming, making this film. He was young. He, like, Michael was uh, at, going to Berkeley, mm-hmm. a really low budget, mm-hmm. a Steinbeck short story, I was Flight. Say we flight. talked about that, right, Flight. Right. Yeah. And I said, ever possessed you guys to give up? You didn't get to go home for Christmas or, you know. And he said, it's very seldom in your life that you meet people, you meet someone who is living their dream. Mm. And when you do, 
you want to hang out near them. <laughs> and Magnus, that's how this whole house got built. Yeah. That's what was happening with Richard, was his boat. Right. It was his dream. Yes, yes. And, and that's how, true. And how does that tie into this house? Can you explain? This house? Yeah. This is my dream. Right. Yeah. I never paid a wage to anyone who worked on building this house. Right. No one. No. I've traded things. Yeah. Like a place to sleep. Yes. And I've had guys show up here, hey, I've got a couple of weeks. Uh, can I help do those foundations? And yeah. Put your tent down there and I'll feed you. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody. Because this like, is my dream. But yeah. You, I didn't. You must have been a very good guide. You must have guided the people that helped you very well. Building this? Yes. Because it's so well done. When you look. Oh, only look, the best. Yeah. Everyone gave their best. Right. You can tell. There was, uh, there was one. Uh, a window in, I didn't show you my my, my um, sandbox, I uh -huh. call that room. Okay. It's where I can do anything I want. I play in there. Oh, nice. I, I sew and <laughs> make things. <laughs> if I was a bit snootier, I'd call it my studio. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's my sandbox. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one guy, John, his mother was Jane Chanteau, white hair. Oh, yeah. Pump, right? yeah. I remember Jane, yeah. He was, he just wanted a place to crash her. Uh -huh. He was looking for a girlfriend. Uh -huh. I said, John, you don't need a place to sleep here. You're never here at night. <laughs> <laughs> and so he was helping out here. He built all those windows and that back door. And, and it's good. Yeah. And I didn't pay him anything. Right. But one Friday, I came home from work, and I said, Grady, I thought John said he was finished with the window in, in my the sandbox. Sandbox. Yeah, he said he was finished. I said, this is not, it's not finished. Isn't he going to come back and do a frame over it or something? Mm -hmm. It was all rough and not right. It was not good. It wasn't good. Right, right. So when he, John came back on Monday... I made him redo it, uh -huh. even though I'm not paying him a thing. <laughs> I said, John, you see this? I know a lot of builders and architects <laughs> and artists and people. Mm -hmm. Would you feel it's okay that I show this as your best? <laughs> Poor guy. That's mean. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. And he rebuilt it. Wow. So that was yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah. I'm sorry, we, I, I got so off my childhood. And yeah, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. You know, I'm just, I'm, I just want to, um, you know, the, the, it's so interesting for, for us to listen to stories of how it was in the 60s. Everybody loves to hear about, yes. you know, you know one, one question I always have is, Lolly you know, Bill's lolly at, at, at Nepente. Who? Facet, lolly. Oh, lolly. Yeah. Yes. How, and lolly sort of symbolizes for people that generosity that seemed to be prevalent at Nepente. Talk about that. How was it possible? 
I don't know. There was, there was that knife fight one night at the bar, and Lolly comes down hearing about the ruckus. Right. <laughs> and takes this criminal by the ear, shame on you, now you come with me, takes him upstairs to her kitchen. You just have low blood sugar. You need to eat. Now sit down <laughs> and cook a meal for him. Instead of calling the police, right, right. That's just a symbol of of how how she was. Yeah, yeah. Um, when my sister was dying, she put her in. Lolly put my sister in her own bed, and I came in looking for my sister, and and Lolly was on her knees, hand feeding some mango or. Papaya or something yeah. to my wow. big, big heart. Yes, yes. You know, yeah, please. when Lolly's husband, Bill Fassett, comes oh. back from Europe, bringing yeah. a young lady with him. Yeah. And I think Bill forgot to tell the young lady he was married and had a bunch of kids. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Lolly's heart went out to... Alice, the girl. Yeah. And she made Bill change their will to include the baby that was going to be born. Yeah. Now that that's what people would like to think was Christian. <laughs> right, it's right. Huge. Yes. Huge act. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. That was just one example of Lolly. Yeah, yeah. Lolly would, we would be uh, getting ready for the night dinner serving. Mm-hmm. We'd get all of our things ready and prepped and, and get it ready. And then that back door would slide open. Lolly would come in all fresh and beautiful. And it would be like, it's not the boss. It's Lolly. Now the party can begin. <laughs> Lolly's here. Yes. <laughs> so it reminds me of the music that must have been playing. Oh my God! Yes. Who were the people that were playing music in the late fifties at the live at the uh, at the uh, Nepente? Who, who who were they? The people who played music. Oh, you mean live music? Live, yeah. Um, not that much, but there was classical live music because Bill wanted to expose his children uh-huh. to classical music. Yes, yeah. violins and and we could bring our children and mm-hmm. and they were my kids were fascinated. Uh-huh. And uh, but otherwise they had a turntable and speakers for yes, the dance. Speakers and there was folk dancing yep. always in the daytime mm-hmm. when any sometimes Bill would come around saying, never mind those steaks, we're going to dance. He dragged the cook out and all the waiters, and never mind the customers. Right. <laughs> I, could, I would tell my customers, you can eat when you get home, come dance. <laughs> so that was, people would come just to see that. Yeah, of course. The bohemian hippie. Yeah. What was it then? I don't know. No. Beatniks? Yeah. Can you remember some of the men there? I mean, Henry didn't dance. No. 
Harry Dick, did he dance? No. Who danced? <laughs> Who of the Good locals? question. <laughs> the Fassett children, uh -huh. of course, Dorcas okay. and Holly and uh -huh. Kim. And Cave? And Cave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, never Griff. No? no. Okay. No. <laughs> um, I don't know, locals, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Locals are coming yeah. out and dance. I'm thinking about Doug Madsen. Is he, when did he arrive? Yeah, he would, he might. Uh, just dance with Lolly for a waltz or something right. like that. Yeah. Uh, and certain people would show up. Bill would turn off the folk dance music and put on their music, mm. the guests, wow. like like Cole Weston, yeah. loved to tango. Yeah. And his brother Brett, he did some other, I think he waltzed. Uh -huh. He waltzed. And one year, one of the waiters, it was wintertime and we had no work. So he had been an Arthur Murray dance instructor. His name was Bill Worth. And he taught us all how to do everything. Cha-cha-cha. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so you danced yourself. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. I lived to dance yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was amazing. I taught Kim Novak how to folk dance. Oh, okay. <laughs> she liked Nepenthe because she could, she would arrive wearing some sloppy old sweatpants and Did Doris hide. Day come down too as talking about I, I don't. Times? I don't know. No, right. I don't know. Right. What about the sign parties? Did oh. they start early on too? Yeah, maybe, maybe in the... Late 60s, yeah. something, I yeah. think. It's a kind there. of a hippie thing. When. Yeah. yeah. And uh, um, not Buzz Brown. Jack Curtis yep. walked in on his birthday, took a look at all the other people sitting around the birthday table <laughs> and didn't like any of them. And he says, I'm changing my birthday. And he changed his birthday to the 4th of July. And from then on... There was a 4th of July party oh, at his house wow. for his non-birthday. <laughs> yeah. True story? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I will tell you about traffic, the highway. Um, I was living for a bit at what is now Esalen in a little shack on the north side of the property near the barn. And a friend was living in the barn, and he borrowed George Choley's car, Model A Coupe, mm -hmm. to Coupe or Sedan? Coupe, I think it was, yeah. So we could go to Nepenthe mm -hmm. one evening. And my Bob and I drove that Model A to Nepenthe and had some beers. Coming back home to what is now Esalen, we ran out of gas. <laughs> no one use this highway then, right. not at night, for sure. Yeah. We lay down on the warm pavement in the middle of the highway and looked at the stars and sang songs for maybe two hours before a car came along finally to give us a ride. And of course, they gave you a ride of course. without question. Yes. Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> so that's how quiet the highway was then. Yes, yeah. yes. When we 
when my first husband and I first moved up here, people all asked us, why do you want to live here? And no yeah. one wants to live here, right. you know? Yeah. There were three places available for us to rent. What did you, what did you answer? Why did we come here? Why? Because, why? Because it's so pretty yeah. <laughs> or something stupid yeah, like that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I was stunned by the, the beauty. And it was the unspoiled nature that you that's, were looking that's for. That's what I yeah. wanted. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hard to find in Southern California. Yeah. Oh, my. And so, so the unspoiled nature of Big Sur has... has uh, in some ways, since 1955, it has changed over the years. I, Would you um, describe I a, that? I have a friend that was sitting at this table one day, and I said, I wish I could see Big Sur from up there. You know, I'd always want. And he said, well, let's go. I didn't know he had an airplane. And so off we went up. Oh, horrified at how many roads there are now. Dirt roads, yeah. driveways including mine, yeah. and flying my flew over this house. It gave me the feeling of how insignificant I am and this little mansion that I own. <laughs> how insignificant compared to the, I don't use this word very often, but the grandeur of Big Sur. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. What what changes have you experienced over the years that come to mind? Well, that one is the big one with all the people having moved in and, yeah. and building houses and not living in them. During one of our fires up here, there were automatic sprinkler systems going in some empty houses in our neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. That we turned off. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Talk to, were you at home? What? Were you at home at the, the Pfeiffer Fire? No. No. I was in Santa Barbara. Grady and I were both in Santa Barbara. I was sick with a really bad throat and oh. cold, head uh -huh. cold. Yeah. And we heard about the fire, mad drive from Santa Barbara, got to the gate, No, not allowed to go up, yeah. of course. So Grady took went down to Glen Oaks where... Um, Basil yes. offered us housing. I remember it was a little uh, headquarters. I went. I went to bed there. Yeah. Grady snuck back up here. Mm -hmm. He got in the back of someone's pickup truck with a blanket over his face. <laughs> got back up here. Yeah. Yeah. But there was a little magic that happened up here during the fire. Have you met my granddaughter Helen? Yes, yes. Helen was living in Oregon at the time. Yeah. The minute she heard about the fire here, she and her uh, coven of girlfriends <laughs> <laughs> formed uh, long-distance uh, visualization. Uh -huh. And they visualized a 30-foot wall of ice around my property. <laughs> and... At one point, Tevia was walking our fire road down below this our shack, where Helen, not by, by the way, lives now, yeah. <laughs> and he could see the flames raging up towards the shack, and, and they just stopped and went 
elsewhere. It hit a wall of ice, the flames. I mean, from the shack, you look down at 10 feet away, all blackened bottom of the redwoods. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to believe in magic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. But that was... was, uh, um... Such a drama. It was bo- both sides of my yes, house. Here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. Uh, I uh, didn't um, God. participate up here, of course, yeah. but I did view that fire from yeah. di- from a distance, and it was. Oh. Yeah. Fires. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. I I was more involved in the Sobranes fire. Mm-hmm. It was right out that window. That whole mountain was orange, right, you know. Right. But, yeah, and f- and many, many, many friends and acquaintances that you knew were losing so much at losing that point. Their houses. And uh, both those fires were some of the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that. Um, I was going to say when 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 I was talking about the dream, my dream of having this place and. Kenny Loggins was sitting in the dirt out there mm-hmm. watching Grady and some other guy on the roof doing something, and he was crying. I was out there getting some stuff for salad for lunch. I'm going to feed the gang, you know. I said, what's going on, Kenny? What's wrong? At that point, I hadn't known him very long. At that point, uh, I'd never been to his house in Santa Barbara. He said, Clovis, you should see the monstrosity with all the money that I've had, the monster that I've built, and now it's for sale and I'm getting a divorce. And look what you're doing with nothing. Yeah. And I, I want to help. Yeah. And I, I said something not very elegant about, like, screw you. I don't need another guy to feed that doesn't know how to swing a hammer. <laughs> something like that. And later... I heard from one of his secretaries, he meant money. Mm-hmm. And so then I, I said, shame on you, Kenny. You know, I want a lot more out of you than money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. His ex-wife, Julia, says he's scared of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You heard about my dinner at Ventana and my adventure in the parking lot. No. No, no, you haven't heard about my adventure in the parking lot of Ventana. No. Oh my God! Yeah. Everyone in Big Sur knows about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's so good. I don't know anything. That's why it's so interesting to hear your stories. Oh. <laughs> well, Kenny was staying at Ventana with his girlfriend Lisa, and I wanted to meet her. He invited me to come over for dinner, mm-hmm. so I drive over there. I'd been spoiled by, with by Grady. He he would drive me to the door of any place. Uh-huh. And let me out, and then he'd go far away and park wherever he had to. Right, right. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Henry Miller Library, for yeah. instance. <laughs> right, right. I got out of my car, and it's so dark, and no parking lot lights. I I drove around twice, no place to park. Mm. I had to park way the hell down. Mm-hmm. I got out of my car and I started walking. And I hadn't brought a flashlight. I didn't bring my cell phone or anything. Mm-hmm. You know. I thought, geez, I'm getting insecure. I've been getting a little out of balance and not sure of the level right. of the pavement. Yeah. But 
way ahead of me up there in the Ventana's new little cubicle they use for private parties. I could, the door was open. I could see a group of men standing outside, and I called out up there, could somebody come give me a hand? Mm -hmm. And three of them came down. Two of them were white guys. One was dark. I could see that when they were still standing in the little bit of light that was up there. And got down, and the, <coughs> gave me an elbow, and walked me to the door, Ventana. And it got up there where I could see, and I said, I dismissed him. Okay, I can take it from here. Thanks a lot. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, now you know the story. No, no. <laughs> they didn't know me at Ventana because I don't go there often. No, you know, right, right. They're new. Yeah. And so the question went around Big Sur for two or three days. Who's that gray-haired old lady having dinner with Kenny Loggins escorted to the door by Barack Obama? <laughs> true, true story. He and Michelle were having their anniversary dinner, and they were in the area. Wow. Wow. I didn't know it was him. <laughs> Everyone's laughing. Everyone thinks yeah. laughing at me. Who else but Clovis would hang out with Barack Obama and not know it? <laughs> I didn't hang out. Yeah, be escorted. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Opened the door for me, and I, I just missed him. Like, well, it was a nice guy. He gave me his elbow, and you know, I thanked him. <laughs> That's my story. Wow. That's my most recent story. <laughs> you never know. Who you're going to meet in Big Sur? No, no. You of all people know that. How many people have been through From my the place. library? My oh, I know. God, I know, I know. It's been it's been fun. It's been wonderful in so many ways. Here, here those, let's oh, turn these around. Let's those. get your story. No, no. no. <laughs> I want to hear about all the people. But um, you know, I was thinking of asking you about that. You came with, together with Grady to the film series quite often. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yes. I'm so, so glad that you did. Because they were you, and there were like a group, locals that came every yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. It was good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Too bad. That. You need a parking lot. I know, it's too bad. But, you know, parking lots are something that we don't want to build. In my of course opinion. not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not paved. No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, a friend has been asking to record my stories, and it got me thinking about right. what, what we're doing right now. You have got a knack. Feelings. Why didn't I ask my elders certain things? Why didn't I? Yeah. How they felt yeah. when such and such happened. Right. Yeah. Because feelings are the only, they are handed down generations uh, genetically. Yeah. They know that now. Yeah. Through yeah. our DNA. Yeah, yeah. It's the feelings. Yeah. And then I go back to my some of my ancestors and the feelings they must have experienced and I've tried to overcome some of them mm -hmm. and the coldness of my mother yeah. um, 
Sarah Herod in the 1700s came to this country with three sons, wow. a single mother. Wow. From England. From England. <laughs> now, she was either escaping uh, the, the religious right. uh, stuff that was yep. going on, or she was a prostitute or a criminal. Yep. I, I've never found that out. Right. One of her sons was my ancestor, right. and he was Daniel Boone's trailblazing buddy. You and, know this from your genealogy? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, I have a book written by Herod that uh. tells a lot of it. Sometimes here in Big Sur, I may have run into a moment of anxiety of some sort. Flat tire at the lighthouse flats at midnight, and it's pouring rain. I have no flashlight. Oh, God, you know, you're just a little anxious. Oh, Clovis, remember Sarah. <laughs> There's nobody hiding in the bushes going to scalp you. <laughs> you, you know, get you, over what it. What are you complaining about? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I've used some of the strengths right, right. <laughs> of my ancestors yeah. and work to change my attitude yeah. about some of the negative ones. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Do you know your mother's uh, yes. background? Oh, yeah, she was uh, kidnapped when she was six years old. Uh -huh. Her mother died of female complications. Uh -huh. That's, you know... At childbirth. Probably uh, miscarriage. Yeah. She had three little girls. Yeah. My mother was six, the oldest. Yeah. Mother died. How did she feel watching that casket being loaded on the train to be taken back to where her family was? That kind of thing. Yeah. And this woman who claimed to be their aunt came and relieved their father of the three little girls, saying, I'll take care of the girls, you know. Yeah. And he never saw these girls again. Wow. And he died wow. at the age of 26 or so. And where was... This woman took these three girls to Colorado mm -hmm. um, and raised them. So... My mother, I mean, how she must have felt. Yeah, yeah. All that. And one of those girls is your mother. Yes. Yeah. The oldest one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. During the, the uh, big flu epidemic of 1914 or 15, was it something in yep, there? Yep, My mother was a young teenager. The local doctor took her with him on his rounds, oh. house calls. Oh watching people dying of the flu. Yeah. Can you imagine that happening these days? Yeah. My mother was a girl, and she yeah. wanted to become a nurse. Right. You know? <laughs> Did you hear her tell those stories? Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but I wish I'd asked more. Right, right. Did, uh, yeah, gosh. Well, I haven't even, we, have, we don't even have time to talk about all of it. No, I know. We, of course My not. Cherokee grandmother lived to be 102. Your, so her mother? My Cherokee, my grandmother, no, yeah. my father's mother. Your father's mother, okay. She had she Cherokee was, heritage. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. She would say, I'm half Cherokee and half Union soldier. <laughs> <laughs> because 
I now believe, because of the timing and the ages that I do have knowledge of, that my granny lived to be 102. Her mother must have walked the Trail of Tears. And they were camping out for weeks and weeks, marching, fell in love with a Union soldier. They married, had many more children. Yeah. And my grandmother was sold to a white man's family to be raised to break up the tribes. That's uh-huh. what the government was doing then. Yeah. When you said sold, somebody actually paid. The, the government paid uh, Indian families to let their children be raised by others. Ah, right, right. And she lived to be 103? Two. Two. 102. Yeah, yeah. Two. Wow. We were, she was. 95, and she and I were washing the dishes in her kitchen. She says, I'm getting tired. I said, get out of here. Let me finish, Granny. And she and I were really close buddies. Yeah. I was an adult. I, oops, I knew her. Right. Sorry. Um, so she lived in Southern California yeah, at that time? Yeah, my dad brought yeah, her to yeah, California. Yeah, she yeah. loved it. But she's, how could, she says, I'm tired. I've been working for 90 years, and I'm getting tired. <laughs> Because she it was expected to work for the yes, yeah. family she wow. raised her. Yeah. And do you what? This is so interesting, of course. But her husband, who was that? She married when she was twenty-one. Yeah. She married a fellow who was English, pure English, uh, with a very successful farm in Illinois. Uh-huh. Met him at some church party, yeah. and. Married him and uh, had a wonderful farm, mm-hmm. which I visited. I knew that farm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was where my dad had, still had oil wells around the, right. <laughs> around the farm. That's the place. <laughs> yeah. That's the place. Yeah. yeah. So he, your dad inherited that place. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. She had a daughter, my aunt, who lived in the same house she was born. She was given the farm house. My dad didn't have a house on the farm. He just had acreage adjoining it. So my Aunt Maud, born in that house, was given the house when she got married lived all of her life in it and died in it. And she had a diary I would have killed for. Yes. I got to look at part of it when she was still alive, but what do you write about day after day? The corn is six inches tall. (laughs) (laughs) What happened to it? Oh, they didn't care about stuff like that back there. No. No, I agree. What a a treasure. I would love to have that diary. Yeah. (laughs) Well. Well, my God. May Clovis, this has been so wonderful. Life is so... I'm amazed. At? I did have a... Just a life. Yes, yes. And how... I had a... A cousin come here and visit me who knew me like a sister. We grew up together, cousin. And she came here totally honest with me. She says, Chloe, when you 
when you were young, I'd get so mad at you because you're so slow. You were the last one to learn to ride a bicycle, the last one to learn how to swim. Always couldn't, never could keep up. You were the runt of the family. And she says, look what you've done. Yeah. Look what you've done now. Yeah. yeah. And I just so appreciated that because yeah. she knew me. Right. And I, yeah. was, I was the runt of the family. <laughs> have, you, uh, have you felt like the runt? Oh, yeah. No, I feel, I feel I've been given huge gifts yeah. here in Big Sur. Yeah. When that house burned down, right. Big Sur people wouldn't let me go. Yeah. I was offered so many places to stay. Yeah. You know, yeah. Lute Vanderveen offered me to come up there. Yeah. All kinds of people. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Isn't that also the, yeah, that's what we, what we all treasure or we all at least, wow. yeah, on some, that's what, what, what a community should be. So this is my family. Yeah. And I thought if I could ever buy any piece of Big Sur, I would own all of it. That's how I feel. Yeah. yeah. It's all mine. Yeah. <laughs> But um, when... My first husband had, after we were separated, still married, he had an accident. He was going to be sued. So he turned over a small piece of land to me and I sold it. It's what I used to make a down payment on this piece. Right, right. Yeah. So I said, mm, I didn't even have a spare tire the day I bought this land. Right. Well, yeah. I knew I was going to. Did you buy this yourself? Mm -hmm. Alone. Well, not with Bruce. No, not or, with anyone. Or with anyone. It was so scary. On that paper, all those zeros. <laughs> I was so green and, it, you know, ignorant. I didn't, right. I didn't know. What, it was Christmas time when I bought it. And I left that office in Carmel where I signed the papers. Mm -hmm. And went down the street to a nursery and bought a Christmas tree, a living one. It's out here now. This tree out there is taller than this house. Wow. The same tree. <laughs> same day. Wow, wow. I bought the land. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, life is so full, and Big Sur saved my life. If yeah. I'd stayed in Southern California, I'd be dead. And your and yeah, and your main your main uh, uh, income over the years was in those days Nepente. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right, right. I was a waitress. Yeah. When I, I had the, all those thousands of dollars I owed, well, at that time, the average tip for, say, a Ambi burger, yeah. from there, 50 cents, you know. Yeah. I'd be lugging these things out there to serve people, thinking, of 19,999 to go or <laughs> whatever. I couldn't think of it any other way, you know. Yeah. I managed to make those payments. Yeah, yeah. Wow. What are, what are just, we have to kind of wrap it up, but just one more, maybe one more memory of, <laughs> of, of, uh, of waiting tables at Nepente. Uh-huh. Some, sometime when something happened, when... Hmm. <laughs> well, Chaco uh -huh. would be Chaco, the old Russian drink waiter. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't take silver change, right. which we did then you know, in the early days. We did quarters. And, sure. Yeah. 
he would throw it over the bank. I don't use this stuff, and he would throw it over the bank. And they had to wave some paper money before he could get another drink. <laughs> it was pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw him, oh, he had such a crush on Kim Novak. Mm. She's Russian. Mm-hmm. And he knew she was coming for dinner. And he decorated her table with rosebuds all over the thing, all over his table. And then when she arrived with her date, he, of course, went to the table to say good evening. And I couldn't hear what I was waiting on her. I couldn't hear what he'd said to her, but her answer was so beautiful. She said, ah, but Chaco, you have already raped me with your eyes. <laughs> Beautiful. That was really good. Yeah. I did what? The only... Um, Anthony Quinn was the only celebrity that I enjoyed waiting on. Wow. And he asked for my services. Yes. He was spending three days in Big Sur looking at local art and had his meals at Nepenthe. And I finally, the third day, I treated him like a celebrity. I told him I had seen the bicycle thief. But at the um, Monterey, the uh, Language Institute, Mm -hmm. small theater there I used to go to, Uh I said, but... I have to tell you, I mean, I appreciate the film that you did, your work there, but I have to tell you that I watched the entire movie standing up in high heel shoes. (laughs) 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 Got a good laugh out of that. He was such a gentleman. Yeah, yeah. No. Because this, you're talking about the 60s now with with Anthony. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, the drugs in the 60s, we didn't talk about. No, did that, when, did that enter into your life in a... In I, a... I was working at Esalen. It became, when Esalen was becoming Esalen. Yes, right. They were trying to decide what to name it when I started in 1962. Yeah. I was working at Nepenthe still. Yeah. Week, weekdays, weeknights, days, so I could work when my children were in school. And then weekends, I worked at what became Esalen. Mm-hmm. And they were still taking people off the highway for food, beers, Cokes, mm-hmm. and having acid workshops. And <laughs> I remember one breakfast, we'd set up all the food. I just worked in the dining room. Yeah. Set up all the food on the buffet table. Yeah. And this one guy was holding up the line. They were just coming down off of their acid trip the night before. He's standing there crying, saying, the grapefruit is so beautiful. <laughs> it's so beautiful. So it was a little tough yeah, yeah. waitressing. <laughs> and and, well. and um, Dick Price and Mike Murphy let us play with the workshop people's heads. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. We set the table some, once with utensils from the kitchen, right. spatulas and whatnot, instead of forks. <laughs> <and> <laughs> or 
one group were complaining that they didn't get served at a table sitting down. Uh-huh. It was buffet. Yeah. So we packed all their lunches in brown bags. We took all the furniture out, uh-huh. the tables and chairs, one table, piles of brown bag lunches, and we all went to the baths. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, Mike yeah. and Dick let wow. us let us fool with our heads wow. like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so do you, you actually worked at 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 SLN? Yes, while yeah. I was working at Nepenthe. Yeah. yeah. Seven days a week. Both. So you worked both places. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's what you do when you're a single mom. Of course. <laughs> but 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 so more about SLN then. You know. Well. What were um, the what were the uh, what was the vibe for you, or what did it feel like that place? Well, there were concerts like Joan Baez yeah. things, and uh, were you at that concert? Oh yeah, and there were hadn't expected thousands of people brought sleeping bags right. and you know no security whatsoever, and people got hungry after the concerts, yeah, yeah. and they were banging on the doors. We got a little bit scared. You know, yeah. what we have nothing to feed them. What are we going to do? You know, they're wanting to get in, and uh, we discovered we had crates of canned tomato soup. So we heated that up and sold it in coffee cups for fifty cents. No place to put the money. For days afterwards, we'd find cash. In paper bags under the counter or somewhere because we, my daughter yeah, was uh, just a teenager and she, she was a musician's uh, babysitter, uh-huh. yeah, kid watcher, uh-huh. so she got all after hours jamming sessions. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. She really, she had a good time <laughs> yeah, at all yeah. those concerts. Wow. First time I heard Joan Baez, though, it was, I was living down there on the north side of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by the barn. Yeah, and walking across to the lodge, I heard this voice blasting out. <laughs> no uh, amplification. Right. Big. It was beautiful. She was staying in one cabin up there or uh-huh. something. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just all by herself. Right. right. And that was the first time I heard Joan Baez. Wow. She had quite a quite a voice. Maybe still does. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I haven't heard her sing in a long time. We can wrap it. Thank you. Clovis. I've been rapping all afternoon no, with you. So I'm fantastic. So sorry. No. <laughs> just... <laughs> no. No. Just I. I would love to. Uh... Yeah. Do more, but I can't right now. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You look so fantastic. I've had issues. Uh-huh. You know? A few, yeah. And I have uh someone said, How do you keep it going, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. so many years? I said, right. Well I've I I was given a not very great body right. and I've had issues, but so. when I have something go haywire, I address it. Right. I'm not gonna limp around whining right. Right. about it. Yeah. Wait, is it raining? I don't know. It's clouding over again. It's raining now. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. I just give up on the weather thing. Just forget it. 
Just give up. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean, I love the water. It's my garden out there. I said, you know, gardeners, farmers are the ultimate gamblers. (laughs) 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 Counting on the weather. And now especially. Yeah. I had apples in July. Mm. (laughs) Is Helen staying up here? She lives in my little shack that I, we built so I'd have a place to live while I built the house. Right. It was my son Richard as yeah. a builder. It was his idea. But Temporary. The, and the shack is where our mutual friend Phil Degree, Philip, Yeah. he used to stay in the shack. He'd stay in the shack. Yeah. And Maya, Maya Kane. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And many others over the years. I've been in touch with that's one of Maya's you should look at the sketch close up it's she did that for Greenpeace the black and white oh on the end Mm -hmm. and are we are we turned off here now no it's still on still on that's a that was a poster for Greenpeace wow I never knew Maya did this kind of stuff oh beautiful work yeah yeah isn't that nice? Yes. That's the earth. Wow. I didn't I didn't notice that the turtle until <laughs> wow. Who painted the uh Clovis flying high at ninety? Deborah is a crazy <laughs> artist of many sorts. Yeah. Metal welding, stone carving, whatnot. She uh That was a birthday card. <laughs> oh. Wow, look at that. That's Photos. another two, two cholis there. Yeah. I had those stacked in my sandbox room for mm-hmm. ages, and I said, time to honor my friends who've given me their little yeah. paintings. These watercolors were Don Case, and people couldn't believe that Don painted such delicate, did such delicate work. Beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) I did a painting once. I didn't find it till my father died. I never remembered. This is mine. I must have been eight or nine years old there. Yes. I painted my future. (laughs) See? That is not bad. (laughs) (laughs) I found it in my dad's stuff after he died. (laughs) So where does this come from? That, John Steinbeck, Uh Cannery Row. Yeah. This was Wing Chong's grocery store. This old old tennis shoes they called the booze was sold over this counter. Really? I had a friend living on the row, uh-huh. as you could say, if you did live there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they were tearing out Wing Chung's store to make a gift shop. Uh-huh. And all the stuff was in a big heap piled by the railroad tracks. I came home one day, and here this was with a couple of empty beer bottles, and said, heard a note. Heard you needed furniture. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Isn't that beautiful? Be fantastic. I got this in probably in the sixties. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was built in in my shack up at Rocky Creek. I was just gonna say, yeah. it's just traveled with you all this yeah, time. Yeah, my son Richard threatened me, don't ever paint the shelves or anything. Right. No, never. Yeah. Wow, great. No, this is. Want this? Want this thing off of my yeah, neck? I guess. Yeah. Now you know it's it's it, that's. Because now there are so many things that, like you said, you know, I mean, what, what are you talking about? You, you sit in a talk for a couple of hours, yeah. you, your whole life. Exactly. Of course, it's ridiculous. And but but when when I come home, I listen with great pleasure, usually, again, and then and then sometimes.